The Scoop Podcast, brought to you by PPG, the official paint of the Pittsburgh Penguins. The end of an era for the Penguins, but a lot to look forward to. Welcome aboard, everybody, to a special Scoop Podcast presented by PPG, the trade edition. I'm Josh Getzoff. And we thank you for clicking play, lending us your ears. Over the next little bit, we'll be doing a deep dive into the latest big trade for the Penguins. Patrick Hornquist dealt to the Florida Panthers in exchange for defenseman Mike Matheson and winger Colton Sevier. We're going to hit this one from all angles. You'll hear from Jim Rutherford on the deal in just a minute. We'll get some reaction from Matheson and Sevier, those two individually sharing their thoughts on joining the Penguins as well. Then a breakdown of the deal with Josh Yohe of The Athletic as we dissect how this move shapes the Penguins roster and the subsequent dominoes that could fall as a result. And finally, a scouting report. What we can expect from the two newest Penguins, from a guy who knows them inside and out and has seen them every night for the last few seasons, is I'll chat with the radio voice of the Florida Panthers, Doug Plagans, a little later on in the podcast. But first, a thank you to Patrick Hornquist. Now, I tweeted this out after the trade. If you don't follow me, give me a follow on Twitter at PensJG. Uh, but I wanted to reiterate it here. Hornquist is one of the best humans I've come across in covering the great game of hockey. He has always made time for a quick interview or a chat. The energy that you hear so much about when it comes to Hornquist, it's true. It was constant. It was infectious. It was fun to be around. Whether it was in the dressing room, the hallways of the arena, bouncing onto the plane while double-fisting coffee, of course, before a road trip, anywhere he was, Hornquist brought the enthusiasm. He always had that smile, that smirk, that glimmer in his eye. He made all our days better. There's no question he's going to forever be a part of the Penguins Stanley Cup fabric, and he will be missed here in the Berg. Six seasons with the Pens, two cups, including the game-winning goal in Game 6 against Nashville in 2017, 132 goals and 264 points in 407 regular season games played. He had another 22 goals and 38 points in 66 playoff games with the Pens. The Cup banners, they might not be there without number 72. And General Manager Jim Rutherford said as much about the significance of Hornquist's time in the Berg after the deal went down. This is a hard one, as you suggested. Um, you know, he was the first guy I acquired when I came to Pittsburgh, and and uh, he's played a big role in the success of the team over over the years he was here, especially the two Stanley Cup years. He brought a change to the Penguins. Uh, in uh, his leadership role and, and changed the culture a little bit. And I have nothing but uh, great things to say about him as a person and as a player. But I felt, you know, we, we talked about, uh, about getting younger, making some changes, uh, um, you know, trying to transition on the fly if, if that's possible in this league. And uh, we had a chance to get a, a good young defenseman that, that has a high skill level. Now, with that being said, the Penguins do get some pieces back. Mike Matheson, a 26-year-old defenseman with some term. He's under contract for six more seasons at $4.875 million per year. That counts the upcoming 2020-2021 campaign. This guy's a smooth-skating, left-handed shooting blue liner. He can get the puck to the forwards. He can help the Penguins with that quick transition game they love to play. But he also fell out of favor in Florida under Joel Quenville. And Jim Rutherford feels this is a guy that could regain his footing here with a new start in Pittsburgh. I just feel with the, 
level that Mike has and uh, the way that Mike Sullivan handles players and 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 the addition of Todd Reardon, how he handled the Penguins defense when he was here as an assistant coach um, is, is going to be helpful to Mike. Uh, and so um, he's got a pretty good package there. He can really skate. It's He, he plays the way that, that we like to play. He's got a good shot. He can skate. And, uh, you know, I feel that he'll fit into our system very nicely. Eight goals, 20 points in 59 games played for Florida last year. Now, I should remind all our listeners out there, and I've touched on this a little bit already, so if you, if you missed this or if you've heard it already, bear with me, humor me. The last time Jim Rutherford kind of went down this well where he saw that Joel Quenville in particular maybe wasn't very high on a defenseman, and Rutherford moved in, picked him up, and ended up working out, I'd say okay for the Penguins. Well, it happened in 2016 with the Chicago Blackhawks when a guy named Trevor Daly had fallen out of favor with Joel Quenville and Rutherford swooped in, picked him up. We know the rest and we know how much Daly uh, is ingrained in the Penguins history books as a result. So I'm not saying that Mike Matheson is going to be the next Trevor Daly. What I'm saying, though, is there's a very real possibility that he could come here and regain some of what enabled him to get that long-term extension in Florida with how he was able to burst onto the scene as a former first-round pick. By the way, drafted in the 2012 NHL draft in Pittsburgh. And now he has another coach here that could help facilitate or refacilitate, I should say, his game heading in the right direction in Todd Reardon. We know he's worked wonders with those offensive defensemen, Chris Letang, case in point. So maybe that's something to keep in mind as far as Matheson coming here and potentially regaining his footing, a fresh start, a long-term deal. He could be a part of the Penguins' you know, foundation if he's able to make things work. And I don't think there's a, a reason to say that maybe it couldn't be the next renaissance for a defenseman here in Pittsburgh. Certainly there are pieces in place to make that uh, very much a possibility on Matheson's front. Another part of the deal is Colton Sevier. The forward's coming to Pittsburgh with one year left on his current contract. He'll make $1.2 million this upcoming season. He's a two-way forward. He excels on the penalty kill. It's his greatest strength. He's admitted that himself. Uh, but here's what Rutherford had to say on the 31-year-old joining the black and gold. A right winger, that, uh, that's, that's a good player that plays his role very well. Uh, so we, uh, we felt that... Uh, should do this. Nine NHL seasons for Sevier, the last four of which in Florida after he began his career with the Dallas Stars. In his six full NHL seasons, he's gone above 20 points four times. Now, he's a solid depth acquisition, and I think it also is really important to keep in mind that this is a guy who is a bottom six forward by definition. He knows what that role means. He knows how to play that role, and he knows what he can bring to that role for the Penguins moving forward. That probably pertains more to a guy like Sevier playing in that bottom six role and everything that comes with it than some of the other guys the Penguins are trying to fit in there. Hornquist, for example, you know, the Patrick Marlowe's of the world. Those guys don't necessarily uh, fit the mold of what you're expecting to see from a guy in your bottom six. And I also wouldn't be surprised if an acquisition of a guy like Sevier who can play both the left and right side. He did say when he spoke to the media here in Pittsburgh that he played more right wing last year because the Panthers' fourth line. We're all right-handed shots, uh, and he is, uh, you know, a lefty, or excuse me, he is a righty, but he's played the left wing before in his career as well. 
so this is a guy that obviously has some flexibility, not really hell-bent on one side or the other as far as his forward positioning is concerned. Uh, but I also think could potentially, potentially allow for Brandon Tanev to move up into a third-line role in the Penguins lineup, which I think you started to see some signs that could be a possibility late last season. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if that's where he begins this season with how things sit right now. And Sevier slides more into a natural fit for both him and the Penguins, I think, in a fourth-line role uh, to begin this year. That doesn't mean anything less of his overall role, just maybe how he better fits into that bottom six situation for the Penguins than some of the pieces they had there. As far as him getting to the Penguins and getting rolling in the Berg, yeah, I think it's pretty fair to say that Sevier is pretty ecstatic to get going. Well, always good to join a new team with a familiar face. And as Sevier's old, now new teammate, Mike Matheson, told me during his introductory press conference, having the term attached to his contract makes him even more hungry to dig in and make the most of this fresh start here in Pittsburgh. Yeah, I'm really excited. Uh, you know, like I said earlier, it's it's a team that, that I think um, plays a game that complements the way I like to play and um, the, the fact that... Um, I'm fortunate enough to to have a longer term contract. Hopefully, means that I'll be able to stay with them for a long time and and build. And um, you know, they have such a winning pedigree, and um, I'm super excited to be a part of that and to add to that and um, to to go on many uh, Stanley Cup runs in in the future. One thing Matheson did mention is he spent summers training with Chris Letang. He's said Letang is a guy that he looks up to and. Well, he's now going to get plenty of time to work and train with him as a teammate in Pittsburgh and wearing that Penguin sweater. So that's the deal. Patrick Hornquist headed to the Florida Panthers in exchange for Mike Matheson and Colton Sevier. Our breakdown of this deal continues right now. Don't go anywhere. As Josh Yohe, who covers the Penguins for the Athletic, gives us his reaction to the move that has continued the wheels of this Penguins offseason moving right along. Well, it's very clear to me, Josh, that they like Matheson a lot. And I promise you, Todd Reardon was asked about this guy before this trade went down. We always talked about Sergey Gonchar and his history of kind of resuscitating defensemen who maybe haven't lived up to their potential. Well, before there was Sergey Gonchar, there was Todd Reardon who did the <laughs> same thing, namely with Matt Niskin and uh, along with some others. So clearly he's a guy they like. He He's a former first-round pick, and – I know a lot of people don't like his contract, and I understand it's a long contract. But the guy doesn't stink. He, he, he's a perfectly decent NHL defenseman who I think has the potential to be something more. So sure. he's an intriguing player. My real issue with it is the left side of the defense is unbelievably crowded now. And that's not even when you consider P.O. Joseph, who really isn't far away from, from being in the mix. So that tells me there's still a really good chance there's another trade coming because it's just way too crowded over there. 
And we just heard from Jim Rutherford just about an hour ago when he talked to, to the media over the phone about saying that Matheson has played the right side before, but obviously, uh, you know, something has to give. Those were his words as far as the blue line was concerned. And I think when you look at it on paper, he's not saying anything that's rocket science there as far as Penguin's situation going into next season. We'll get to that in a second. Uh, Patrick Hornquist, I think that it's a bittersweet day. We all kind of had a feeling it was possible given his cap situation, given where the Penguins stood, given, of course, the last two years for the Penguins and how things ended. Uh, but that doesn't mean it doesn't suck any less seeing a guy like that move on. Uh, just your thoughts on, on uh, the end of his time in Pittsburgh, a guy that you know I tweeted a little earlier that he's forever a part of the championship fabric here for what he's done. He, you know, I don't use these words lightly. To me, he will always be a, a franchise icon. I, I mean that. They don't win those cups without him. And, yeah, yeah. I know you can say that about Crosby and Malkin, too, but I would lump Hornquist in there. I mean that. And for a number of reasons, uh, when he came to Pittsburgh in 2014, the Penguins had a lot of talent, all kinds of – they had all kinds of style, and they didn't have much substance. And all Patrick Hornquist brings to the table is substance. Uh, he, he really does. Uh, I've never known anyone quite like him. Um, they're going to miss him, and I understand why they did it. Guys like him – they tend to break down eventually. I get that. But, boy, he's not somebody you want to trade, Josh. He, he's just not. And there's this idea that, oh, he's shot, he's washed up. No, he's not. He was good last season. I thought he had kind of a nice bounce-back year, in fact. So Agreed. I understand the thinking behind trading him, and this contract was still the biggest reason why. I get it. But, man, they're gonna, we're all going to miss him. He's just one of those people you kind of like coming to work and being around him every day. Uh, the, we always talk about the energy he has. It's true. I've never known anyone like him. The guy is always in motion. He's all like you'd always see him at Starbucks, just chugging down his caffeine after practices. Like the guy never stops. And you know what? It's a great. It's a great thing for Florida. There's some young talent there. That's not a bad hockey team. He'll make them better. He will. And I, I think you know Jim hit on that. That a big reason why he brought Patrick Hornquist here in the first place was to change the culture. And he thinks Florida and Bill Zito, who has those Pittsburgh connections, obviously being from the area, his first move is to bring in a guy that can help the culture down there. And I think when you look at Florida's roster, so much talent, uh, they're probably going to lose Mike Hoffman, I would imagine. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know if Patrick Hornquist is a plug and play with what those two players bring to the table. But from a leadership perspective, from an accountability perspective, that's certainly an upgrade uh, for them on the Hornquist front. Yeah, and I've always said, like, listen, we know who the captain of the Pittsburgh Penguins is, as he should be, but I've always said, Hornquist, that guy should have a letter on his sweater no matter where he is. And he didn't in Pittsburgh because great players tend to get to wear the letters. But it didn't really matter because right. he, the word leadership is probably a little overused in sports. But in his case, it, it wasn't. I'm telling you, he was just a different kind of guy, held everyone accountable at all times. And uh, the Florida Panthers, I think, are – Kind of an intriguing team, actually. I know they have some financial issues down there. But there is talent there, and I think it's a great place for him, actually. I really do. Yeah, he should, you know, the last couple of years of his contract, if that's his last NHL contract, not a bad place to end it, no. uh, no. as you and I can attest to. Yes. As far as the Penguins roster now, so you mentioned Matheson, and I find it interesting, and I'm, I'm not trying to slight Rob Scuderi here to bring him into the conversation for what I will explain in a second. But we remember back in 2016 when Jim Rutherford acquired Trevor Daly from the Chicago Blackhawks because he had kind of fallen out of favor with Joel Quenville. 
And I think it's a similar situation with Mike Matheson, different player at different stage of his career. But for whatever reason, there wasn't a lot of trust from Quenville to Matheson. I'm not going to pretend to know the, the ins and outs of that because I didn't follow that situation particularly closely. But I find it interesting that it's a similar situation with the same coach and a defenseman and Jim Rutherford swooping in thinking that maybe this guy fits what the Penguins are looking for. And you mentioned Todd Reardon. I'm sure he factors into the equation as well. But I'm intrigued. I mean, this guy can skate. He has a little bit of offensive side, and he's got that snarl that maybe the Penguins don't have enough of on the back end. It can go overboard at times. We've seen that. Uh, but he, he does have some bite. Well, first things first, if he plays on the third pairing, he automatically makes the Penguins better. I mean, he just does. Yeah. Uh, we have to take that into consideration. Uh, like I said, the guy's not a bad hockey player. He certainly provides some offense. Uh, he strikes me as a guy who could certainly be on the second power play and be pretty effective in that role. You mentioned the, the Joel Quenville thing. It actually reminds me of a funny story. I, w I won't tell the whole story, but <laughs> we were in the press box in Tampa where Scotty Bowman always watches games. Yeah. And a uh, Penguins employee, who I will not mention at this point in time, he said, hey, Scotty, uh, why the hell did your team trade us daily for Scuderi? What was going on? And Scotty Bowman looks up and he says, uh, Q, Q got frustrated with, with Trevor. He didn't get Kane and Taves the puck fast enough. It drove them nuts. Like, like okay. <laughs> <laughs> Right away, it was a great trade. Some players, for whatever reason, annoy certain coaches, don't fit into certain systems. Ian Cole's a great player. He and Mike Sullivan, like, you know, they didn't always see eye to eye. We all know that. Right. So I think this is an intriguing player, and he's only 26 years old. So, yeah, I know the term of the contract isn't really ideal. I get that. That doesn't mean there isn't real talent there. That, that doesn't mean he's a bad NHL player. He's not. And Todd Reardon, I'm telling you, this guy's right up Todd Reardon's alley. He loves guys who can skate. He's done unbelievable work, for whether it was Dmitry Orlov or Nate Schmidt or Matt Niskanen. He makes all those guys better. This is a former first-round pick who I think skill set-wise is not dissimilar to some of the guys I just mentioned. And, uh, you know, Todd loves to have a project to go to work on, and now he's got one. I, you know, I, I, don't, I don't know what Hornquist's value was around the rest of the league. I don't know what they could have gotten. And remember, Horny had a no-trade clause. He could have turned down trades of certain teams. Maybe he did. We don't know yet. And uh, Florida's not a bad retirement package for a guy who's later in his career, let's be honest. No, not at all. And, and, and from Matheson's perspective, you're right. I mean, there's term on his deal. He's only 26. There's, I think there's, you know, th there's going to be a lot of naysayers because of the term, because of the price. But he does check some boxes for what the Penguins are looking for. And if you're talking about a guy that's going to play deeper in the pairings, I don't see the downside to it necessarily in the short term. Now, obviously, a lot's still to be figured out, and I wouldn't put anything past Jim Rutherford over the next week and a half here until we get into the draft. There's going to be more movement, and you and I might be talking about something different in three or four days. Who knows? I mean, it's, it's very possible. I'm fully expecting that, to be honest. That is, I believe, the 53rd trade of the Jim Rutherford era. The guy doesn't mess around. I think we all know there's a good chance Matt Murray will be on the move at some point this offseason, and and like I said, I, I look at all the defensemen on the left side. Yeah. Pedersen, Johnson, Matheson, Ricola, Joseph, six guys. Even if Joseph's not on the team this year, still too many guys probably. I, I think there's a real chance one of those players has moved. Don't know that for certain, but it, it would not shock me. And like we always say, the off seasons in Pittsburgh are never boring. Uh, Jim Rutherford keeps us busy 12 months a year. Pandemic, no <laughs> pandemic, doesn't matter. So at least from that standpoint, it's kind of fun. It is. You can't, I mean, you can't complain with having things to do. There are a lot of teams in the league that kind of sit idle, and I think they probably get accustomed to that 
we don't really know how to do that here. Uh, I always keep Patrick Hornquist coffee mugs <laughs> and chugging the caffeine to keep things going. Uh, Colton Sevier, a guy that I think a lot of people, first of all, Sevier, that's how you pronounce it. A lot of people are going to see his last name and have no idea how to say it. <laughs> There's your phonetic pronunciation. I'm already practicing for next season. Good. Uh, six goals, 10 assists last year for the Florida Panthers. A two-way player. I think a guy that has a physical edge to his game. And when you're talking about where he slots for the Penguins, obviously looking at them on paper, he's a bottom six player. Uh, a little, a shade over a million this year, only one year left on his deal. So nothing um, substantial as far as what the Penguins are taking on. Their cap space dwindles a little bit when they look to resign these restricted free agents, which of course right now includes both Tristan Jari and Matt Murray. Uh, but from the CBR perspective, another guy that I think adds some jam deeper in their lineup. Not, not I wouldn't say quite a Tanev because Tanev I think has a little bit more speed, uh, but definitely has the playmaking ability, definitely has the, the forechecking ability, and I mentioned the two-way game as well. Yeah, he's a legitimate bottom six NHL player. He's a good penalty killer. And you know what I think it does? You're bringing in another right wing. I right. have a feeling, and I know how good the Penguins' fourth line was last year with Luger and Aston Reese and Tanev. I have a feeling Brandon Tanev may have earned a promotion to the third line when it's all said and done. I kind of thought he should have been playing more last season. I, the, the guy was just good no matter where you put him. Yeah. So you might see him get promoted, and because of that, you needed someone else to slot in on the fourth line on the right wing. This guy, he's not flashy. It's nothing to get excited about, but he's a good, solid NHL player. And you're right. He does add a little bit of physicality. And let's be honest, for anybody who watched the series against Montreal – I know the Penguins are based in speed and skill, as they should be. They got pushed around that series. They really did. I mean, how, how often were you know, one of the Penguins forwards laying on the ice at Shea Weber's feet? I, I mean, you need a little bit more pushback and jam. This guy does play kind of an abrasive game. He's not a great player, but he's a good, solid NHL player. He doesn't make that much money, relatively speaking. So, um, no, yeah, there's nothing wrong with getting a forward back in return, that's for sure. No question. It, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it all shakes out. I think the Penguins forward group has obviously gotten, a, you know, they subtracted Patrick Hornquist, but they've gotten a little bit deeper in the sense of the Pet Kasperi Kapanen's of the world coming on board. Now you get Colton Sevier to fill things out deeper in the lineup. More of a, a natural fit, I guess you could say. Uh, and then there are some uh, questions still as far as the Penguins lineup is concerned. Guys like Sam Lafferty, Dominic Simone, who's hurt right now and on the mend, Anthony Angelo, those three are all restricted free agents. I'm not quite positive if I would say Angelo is an NHL player next season. But the other two guys, if they're signed, if they're qualified, you would assume Lafferty and Simone are a part of the equation for the Penguins NHL roster. Or Simone yeah. especially, obviously. Well, those guys are restricted free agents, so we will see. I know yeah. how I feel about Lafferty. They really like him, Josh. Oh, yeah. I, I think they will sign him. but wouldn't cost that much money to bring him back. I'd be shocked if they don't sign him. The interesting one to me is Dominic Simone. Uh, I honestly don't know. I, I've I've asked a few people recently, are they going to sign him? What's going on? And nobody seems to know. He's got the injury he's dealing with, too. So we don't know if he'll be ready for the start of the season. He probably won't be ready until January, I'm guessing. Um, but he's a guy who can play with Sidney Crosby. Sid likes playing with him. I don't think he would start the season there, but he's an option. And, you know, he's a fairly effective player, even though his lack of finishing skill can be maddening for people. So... They still have some options. The problem, as it always is, Josh, is a salary cap. Tristan Curry's going to command a little bit of cash. Yeah. We know that. You bring back Lafferty, um, all of a sudden you actually lost a little bit of money in this trade today in terms of the cap because of the two guys you're bringing back. 
So that tells me if they're going to make any debt and free agency at all, which I know Jim would ideally like to be able to do that, he's got to trade somebody probably off of that blue line. I would think so. And uh, just looking at it on cap friendly right now, have it loaded up just like that on the computer and ready for that transition. Penguins are projected just a shade under 5.3 million in cap space. So obviously if people haven't seen, it's been out there, but 81 and a half millions, the cap, it's going to stay that way for this upcoming season. Um, so the Penguins have money to work with, but when you think about the names we mentioned, there isn't that much. And I know the team doesn't necessarily want to be right at the ceiling when the season starts. You'd like to have that wiggle room of a couple million dollars in flexibility, especially as the season progresses, because who the heck knows what's going to happen from start to finish next year. Yeah, and the thing is, so many teams are in the position right now where they're being a little bit more financially careful than they normally would. You don't know when the cap's going to go up again. You don't know when people are going to be in arenas again to make money. So there are teams, uh, the Penguins aren't impacted by that as much because the Penguins have money, but they also don't have money like the Maple Leafs or Rangers have. So they still have to be smart. Other teams have to be smart. And so the problem then becomes, you know, it's hard for Jim, I think, to find a dance partner sometimes in trade talk because everybody's looking to unload contract. And that therefore makes it a difficult thing. And the Penguins are in a funny spot. They might be happy to unload another contract, but they're only doing that so they can go sign someone else. <laughs> so, you know, there's a lot of moving parts here, but I, I suspect the next few weeks leading up to the draft and the start of free agency on October 9th, I think they're going to be really, really active around the league in general and, as always, in Pittsburgh because uh, GMJR only knows one way to roll. Josh, I'll leave you with one final thought. Going to put you on the spot, and then we'll let you go and get back right. to being lifestyle. I assume uh, Boston Pizza tonight, maybe some Tim Hortons to wash it all down? Boston Pizza's right across the street. You may be right. <laughs> uh, really good, by the way, for those who haven't been. For some reason, it just tastes better in Canada. Yes. Uh, Anyway, um, I know you've written some stuff recently for The Athletic. If you had to pinpoint one position, one particular spot for the Penguins going into free agency, considering the fact that there most likely will be another move, there may be some cap space to work with, uh, what position are the Penguins looking at? Maybe like what particular part of their lineup are they looking to fill? I still think third-line center is a big question mark. I know they like Jared McCann, and they just re-signed him. I don't know that they're convinced he's the third-line center for this team. They, they know he can play wing, too. He can slide up and down the lineup. So I don't know who the right guy might be, but I think they would love to have kind of an abrasive third-line center in the mold of a Nick Benino, who obviously was so successful. That's one thing to pinpoint. And I've been told all along they still want a right-handed defenseman to kind of even out the right and left side. They have too many defensemen right now in general. We know that. But uh, Chris Tanov, brother of Brandon, is a name I've heard a lot Uh been with the Canucks for a decade. He's not a great player, but he's a good, solid defensive defenseman type. I know they like him. He's an unrestricted free agent. Maybe he'll take less to play with his brother. One never knows. Um, <laughs> that's a name to keep an eye on. But I think the right side of the blue line, third line center, are kind of the issues they would like to address if they could. And a big thanks to Josh for taking the time. If you're not already, follow him on Twitter, at PGH and check out his coverage over at The Athletic. Now we'll swing it down to Florida. Keeping the coverage rolling, the conversation rolling, where we can get the lowdown on the two newest Penguins from a guy who has seen a lot of them, the play-by-play -play voice of the Florida Panthers, Doug Plagans, with us now. Doug, thanks for taking the time. Let's start with Mike Matheson, a guy that clearly fell out of favor uh, in Florida here over the last year or so. I'm sure a lot of people felt that as a result of that, a trade was coming. 
from your perspective, what didn't work uh, as far as him on the ice between him and the Panthers? Well, I think with, uh, you know, you look at a, at a deal like this, and I think the first thing you see is that, uh, you know, it was uh, a deal that addressed multiple needs on both sides. And one of those deals that really does have the potential to work for everybody across the board. And, uh, you know, looking first at, at Mike Matheson, uh, you know, anybody who anybody who's seen him play and anybody who's seen his skating ability i mean just when you see the the smoothness the way he skates he's he's one of the he's one of the best skaters that you're going to see just the way that he gets up and down the ice and he's one of those guys where just the the stride just looks it looks so, so smooth and just uh, you know effortless and, and graceful just because he's such a good skater um you know he, he's he's very gifted in in that regard and the talent with him is off the charts and he's a guy that you know, we've we've seen that talent uh, over the last few seasons. But, again, uh, looking at the, the way things have, have shaped up here, um, you know, he's a guy who is, is looking to take that next step. And, um, you know, maybe a, maybe a change of scenery is, is what could uh, really benefit him. Uh, fun note, his first game as a Penguin will be his 300th game in the National Hockey League. So he's set to hit a little, little milestone uh, right out of the gate. But he's a guy who can do a little bit of everything. He's a, a very, very smart uh, you know just uh, he really thinks the game a lot and and uh, thinks the game well comes from a great college hockey program and um and is uh, for the fans in pittsburgh uh, also just a, a a really really nice person um there's just no way no other way to describe it he's just a just a, a very quality individual so anybody who gets a chance to meet him is is really going to enjoy that experience but uh, he's he's one of those guys everybody down here in florida just wishes him the best because he he really is such a great guy um, you know, he's, he's extremely dedicated to his craft. Um, he, you know, he lives and breathes the, the game of hockey and, uh, and I know everybody is, uh, everybody's rooting for him, but at the same time, it's, it's one of those deals that, uh, that I think could, could benefit all parties. Um, the Panthers are really excited to get Patrick Hornquist, uh, you know, down here and uh, a guy with his experience, the way he plays the game, um, that addresses a need, a, an experienced forward like that with a championship pedigree who plays with the jam to his game, something that the Panthers have been looking to uh, to get as well. So um, this is a, a trade that you throw in Colton Sevier. I know we'll talk about him. Kind of a long-winded first response here for you, Josh. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, a deal that really could benefit everybody. And when you look at Mike Matheson specifically, as I said, the, the talent level that he has, he's he's got all the tools and uh, and. Um, you know, one of those situations where, you know, going somewhere else and uh, and seeing some different surroundings, maybe that is what helps him take his game to the next level. Yeah, I think a lot of people are curious to see, too, how Matheson will, you know, his game will translate to working with Todd Reardon, who's now back on the staff here in Pittsburgh and has had uh, quite a bit of success working with some offensively gifted defensemen, one of them, of course, being Chris Letang. Uh, and his tenure as an assistant coach in Pittsburgh. So people are looking forward to seeing how those two can work together. But you mentioned Colton Sevier, and uh, I have to think back, and it wasn't that long ago. I know you also called the game. Uh, he fought Zach Aston Reese. So maybe there'll be some uh, some interesting uh, conversation the first day of training camp between those two, a laugh and a hug and a move on probably now that they're teammates. But I always I – always... Yeah, I always wonder how that works when a guy goes into the room for the first time and uh, you know shakes hands to the old "Hey, I'm uh, Hey, I'm Colton. Nice to meet you. We had a fight not too long ago," kind of thing. How does that interaction go? But you guys will be excited to see him there too in Pittsburgh. Yeah, you know, sorry for punching you in the face. Uh, hopefully, we can get past that. <laughs> but uh, as far as yeah, as far as Sevier is concerned, this is a guy that. 
Um, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to pretend to to have seen or paid a lot of attention to his overall game, you know, being a depth player in the lineup. But I, I think on the surface, this is a guy that the Penguins need a lot more of in their lineup from what he brings in tangible wise. I know he's an extremely solid, solid penalty killer, a uh, good two-way player, clearly has some energy to his game and some jam to his game. And he seems to be just the exact description of a bottom six player, which I don't think the Penguins really had in their lineup last year. They tried to put players in that position who maybe didn't necessarily understand what that was. And I'm curious to see what CVR means in that position and your thoughts on his play. Well, that was just my, my initial reaction when I saw that Colton Sevier was, uh, was a part of the trade. Uh, you know, I, I, I figured immediately, okay, well, the Penguins traded a forward, so they probably wanted an NHL-ready forward to go back the other way. And, uh, and a guy like uh, Colton Sevier is, is certainly somebody who uh, – you, you mentioned it there, Josh. He's, you know, he's, uh, he's a guy that does so many little things well. He's effective in a lot of different, uh, different parts of the game that don't necessarily show up on the box score. And he's really evolved into – you know, he'll, he will most likely be, uh, you know, a, a go-to penalty killer. He'll be in that rotation, I'd imagine – in Pittsburgh, uh, you know, when he gets into his first season with the Penguins, that's a role that he really uh, not only fell into in Florida, but uh, really took great ownership of and really took a lot of pride in as a lot of guys that become effective penalty killers. They really, they really take a lot of pride in, uh, in that part of the game. And that was something that he took on a responsibility he took on and really grew into and was among the Panthers uh, uh, ice time leaders in, uh, in shorthanded time on ice, uh, you know, over the last couple of seasons. So he's somebody they really relied on in that part of the game. And, and I'd imagine Pittsburgh, you're going to see him in that part of the game as well. But, uh, you know, he's a guy who can, uh, and can generate scoring chances. And he's, you know, shows the ability that, you know, if there are, if there are injuries, if there are guys missing in the lineup, you can, you can move him up and down the lineup and, uh, and he can, you know, he can keep up with, uh, with any line that you want to throw him on. So he certainly brings a lot in that regard. And, um, you know, I, I like every player involved in this trade. I mean, we had a chance to, we've had a chance to, to talk to Patrick Hornquist uh, once on, on a Zoom uh, media availability already. And, and as I described with Mike Matheson, and as I'm going to say here with Colton Sevier, it's safe to say that all three players who were involved in this trade take a, take a ton of pride in, uh, in just their craft. And, you know, they all have great dedication to the game, and they all take great care of themselves. You, you get that vibe immediately. And, and uh, Colton Sevier, just like the other two guys involved in the trade, he, he plays hard each and every shift, so you can expect that out of him. A lot to look forward to, I think, and I agree with you on both ends. A guy that, you know, obviously has won a couple Stanley Cups, an incredible character guy and and just an amazing person also. I'll echo what you said about Matheson and Sevier on our end here in Pittsburgh. Uh, I said this yesterday, Patrick Hornick was one of my favorite humans in the game of hockey. So uh, above, you know, being a great player and, and a great locker room guy, just an all-around good person going down there to Sunrise that I'm sure will help, uh, you know, the culture that Bill Zito and Joel Quenville are trying to build there for the Panthers. And I, there's no doubt in my mind that uh, he will put things in the right motions there as far as the stuff that goes behind closed doors in that dressing room uh, is concerned. But uh, really excited to see how this shakes out for both teams. As you said, I think there's a lot to like on both ends. And uh, it's good to talk hockey with other people again. I know there's been a bit of a lull at times. We get to watch the Stanley Cup playoffs and the Stanley Cup final. But uh, I appreciate you making the time, Doug. I hope you're doing well down there in Florida and uh, look forward to speaking with you again soon. 
Yeah, likewise, Josh. It's great to uh, great to hear from you, and I miss seeing I miss seeing all of our our uh, broadcasting colleagues and and friends around the league. Um, you know, on a regular basis. So hopefully we can we can all get back to seeing each other regularly. Uh, you know, as soon as possible, because when we're seeing each other regularly, that means that uh, that we're playing hockey games. So um, so you know, we we can't wait to uh, to see where uh, where things go from uh, from here. But. But uh, yeah, one last thought on uh, on the on the deal here. It really is one of those trades where uh, it it really could uh, could work out and benefit everybody in a number of different ways. And uh, I know we're excited to see Patrick Hornquist on the ice as a member of the Panthers. Uh, and and, uh, and Penguins fans should be uh, excited to meet uh, Mike Matheson and, and Colton Sevier as well. So um, you know, just uh, feels great to be talking hockey, like you said, Josh. And uh, and thanks for having me on. That's Doug Plagans, the play-by-play voice of the Florida Panthers. We thank him for taking the time and joining us. Well, that's how it all broke down. The Penguins have made another trade. Jim Rutherford's very active offseason continues. Mike Matheson, Colton Sevier now on board here in Pittsburgh. Patrick Hornquist headed to Sunrise, Florida to join the Florida Panthers. I want to thank everyone for tuning in and checking us out, lending us your ears. Uh, we will be back again as the information it, you know, allows with this Penguins offseason. It's been fast and furious here recently, and we will expect it to continue that way with obviously the draft looming in just a week's, a week and a half's time, and then free agency two weeks from today uh, in the National Hockey League. So uh, it's coming about pretty quickly, and we look forward to bringing you all the coverage across all our Penguins social media channels and, of course, here on the Scoop Podcast. We will talk to you next time, and we look forward to bringing you more episodes in the near future. And until then, be safe, be healthy, everyone. This has been a special trade edition of the Scoop Podcast presented by PPG. I'm Josh Getzoff. Be well. Bye-bye.